Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. It is New Year's Eve, so you know that we are going to do a Flames year in review because what a year it was for our Calgary Flames. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? It's Jess Belmosto here from Locked on Flames, and thank you so much for joining me today. Today, I thought we could go through some of the top uh, ups and downs, I guess, of 2022 for the Calgary Flames. I think it's safe to say they had a very uh, busy year, and it's nice to have it all in one place where we can look back hopefully by the end of the spring and say wow what a way like this team has come so far but before we jump into that please remember to subscribe to Lockdown Flames wherever you get your podcasts and of course we are available on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube today it is just the blank screen or not the blank screen but just a still shot Um, I am severely under the weather and uh, just trying to push through. But I, of course, need to get this out to you because I have plenty to say. So it it really is hard to believe that 2022 is coming to an end. I was looking back on just this year as a whole, and it's hard to believe that the Flames experienced (laughs) so much in 12 months honestly in less than 12 months because you had the trade deadline and then you have the playoffs and then your free agency and it just felt like the world was moving so fast but also so slow at the same time but prior to the postseason like we are going to go back just a little bit here and the the flames made a trade around the deadline that involved Getting a middle six winger who is now on the Flames' top line and who has rightfully earned that spot. And that would be acquiring Tyler Toffoli from the Montreal Canadiens. And that was just a first-round pick and, of course, uh, the prospect from the Sam Bennett trade. So thank you so much for the Sam Bennett trade, Florida. Uh, We're happy to flip things and make things work. He Tyler Toffoli has had a fantastic, fantastic tenure with the Flames so far. He had 11 points in his first 11 games, and he went on a tear. And I, I would say it's safe to say that the <laughs> that that is still paying off. You know, um, he is doing very well this season, and having him on the top line has been great. I am so sorry for ever doubting you, Tyler Toffoli. I know you probably don't listen to this show, but uh, Tyler Toffoli has to be one of my favorite players on the Flames right now, and it's uh, pretty hard to root against him. And then flash forward a few months, and here we are in, I believe it was May, when all the voodoo started on Reddit. Just some Flames fans conjuring up some some curses to get by Jake Ottinger. Jake Ottinger 
has to be one of the most fascinating players to watch. I absolutely love watching him. Not not so much when the Flames play against the Stars, but just his highlights and how naturally goaltending comes to him and just I I can't get over it. Jake Ottinger made 272 saves on 285 shots over a seven-game span against the Flames. That stat comes from our good friend Pat Steinberg, and I really just cannot get over at the fact that that series went seven games. That was such a fun series. It was a physical series. I mean, we had Rasmus Anderson getting a game misconduct um, penalty match in the first 10 minutes, or not even the first 10 minutes, the first like two minutes of one of the games. I believe it was the first game of the series. So, you know, it was just a lot at once. And it was, it was a hard fought battle and it was fun. It was a goalie duel, the goaltending Jacob Markstrom was on his A game. You couldn't have asked for better goaltending. And that series was everything you wanted when it came down to Johnny Gaudreau in game seven. And with that over, I believe it was the overtime winner. Yes. And Sean Monahan was right there with a big hug. Little did we know. <laughs> Little did we know that both of them would no longer be flames in just a few months. But coming up next, we are going to talk about the Battle of Alberta because I think this is a good chunk of what people just want to forget, but also need to therapeutically mourn <laughs> as we move on to 2023. But before we do that, I do want to uh, just say that this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis. You can get the latest odds, trends for every single amateur league out there and pro. Don't forget the professionals, right? Uh, It's college bowl season, okay? My birthday was yesterday and I am so excited to just sit back this weekend and just watch bowls all day Saturday and of course you have basketball and hey maybe you can like place a bet on some MLB free agents and if you love sports podcasts which obviously you do because you are here please remember to uh, check out their sports podcasts because they are there for you at Bet online where the game starts. But yes, hello everyone. I am so grateful to have you here. Uh, whether you are a newer listener here in 2022 or you've been here through the ride or wh- wherever you're jumping in from, thank you so much for making my 2022 pretty great. Um, what what wasn't great though was the Battle of Alberta. This was something that was so hyped up and so exciting and everyone wanted something big and grand. 
but it was like when you go to take a bite of a burger that you order like medium rare, you bite into it and it's well done. It's disappointing and very sad, but the flames were thoroughly exposed. It, the Battle of Alberta sh truly showed that the Flames are not a fast team. They are not built to compete against high-end talent. And that maybe their performances were kind of outlying performances. You know, I it was so hard to watch. Jacob Markstrom, I don't think he could have stopped, like, a truck that's that series it was just brutal and you wanted so much more for him and you just kind of sat there and you were waiting you were waiting for things to get better and for them to kind of get over this hump and they just got goalied by Mike Smith time and time again it was humiliating and the offense wasn't doing much and it just it just it reeked there's truly no other way to put it than the flames were horrible and to watch like as an outsider like I can't imagine living in Alberta especially you know if you're traveling two games or you run into like Oilers fans in like the parking lot at the Saddle Dome they I know that the Saddle Dome had that uh that lot that you could watch games like I would not have been able to show my face because what what on earth were the flames doing that it was that that's truly like the only way to sum up that series they they did not play good hockey they did not have good strategy I don't know why Daryl Sutter would not go out there and put Mangiapane Backlund and Coleman out there against Connor McDavid from the jump Every single person that I talked to said that that should have been the line out there. Do I think the Flames would have won the series if that was if that was they rolled that line out against Connor McDavid? Absolutely not. But I think it would have helped the Flames' defense a little bit more and probably goaltending. Poor Jacob Markstrom. Like I felt so bad. He was exhausted. He worked his behind off to make sure that that he stopped pucks and he couldn't and it was just Matthew Kachuk and Gaudreau were silent Mangiapane were silent it was silent apparently Matthew Kachuk like broke his hand in the first game of the series against Dallas um or maybe not broke it but he did have some serious like a, a contusion or an injury or something um and that's why you don't want your star players fighting and I'm sorry but it's the playoffs you're there to win you know the expectation roll it out and go you don't need to be doing that that's why you have players like Milan Lucic okay that's why you have players like Milan Lucic and maybe some of your defensemen I, like I truly cannot see any of any of the 2021-22 Flames roster fighting in a playoff spot other than Lucic. They, he should have been out there throwing the opponents around. 
because that's Lucic and that's really all he contributes. But it was five games of non-stop embarrassment being eliminated in overtime in five games on home ice is like that should just spark something inside of you to be better to train harder to go out there and hit the weights practice your skills like something should awaken inside of you as a player but also as a coach you need to look at things strategically and I'm sorry I don't really think Daryl Sutter has done much of that this season and it's hard looking back on the success of last season and comparing it to this season and it's like the talent just doesn't translate well from the roster to the ice and that how many times have we seen that it is just absolutely embarrassing and I I really do think that that is um something that we will have to dive into more in 2023 as the season rolls along but I do want to wrap up today's show talking about the summer talking about the departures because little did we know that overtime loss would be the last time Gaudreau and Kachuk would dress as Calgary Flames. But before we get into that, I do want to get into uh, this message here from the National Highway uh, Traffic Safety Association. You're hanging out with some friends and putting a few putting a few drinks back. A few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. No, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license or your job, you total your car, oh, or you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving and the results are tragic and oftentimes deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. Drive sober or get pulled over. As always, I'm so grateful for you tuning in to Locked on Flames. I hope that you are still subscribed to Locked on Flames as we wrap up the uh, end of the year. I appreciate you. And um, let's talk about, (laughs) this is very hard to believe that this was six months ago. I swear the Flames lived, like I think I lived three different lives in 2022. I I don't think I could (laughs) truly remember the start of the year. Um, And then I was like looking back at pictures earlier today and I was like, Oh, yeah, that happened. It's just been such a hectic year for so many of us. And, you know, to be able to come on here every day and just talk about hockey and things that truly don't matter in the grand scheme of things. But 
bring us joy, pain, and lots of emotions uh, in the game of hockey has been a pleasure. And I'm so excited to do it for the uh, for the future, in the future. <laughs> but let's talk about the summer, okay? So, you know, you, you get the exit interviews, you get uh, all the typical, well, you know, like, I want to stay here forever, you know, I'd really like to, but, you know, ultimately it comes down to, like, what the team wants and this and that. We, we were all tired. We were tired, like, I swear, three days into the offseason. And that that was, like, still, like, barely into June, right? But I once, once we got through the draft, not even through the draft, but leading up to the draft, I was kind of expecting a trade for the Flames. Um, mainly because, you know, Matthew Kachuk was an RFA. And could they have gotten a first round pick? Could they have gotten something else? You know, and uh, nothing happened. So everyone was just kind of, you know, all right, all right, this, this is a good sign. Nope. Um, I, the negotiations were leaking from Tree Living and Johnny Gaudreau's conversations. And, you know, you think you're safe in one spot and then it, turns out that $11.5 million for the next eight years is not, uh, it's not what the, the player wants. So, you know, tree living rolled out the entire world, the red carpet, the world, and just gave him the a plus quality treatment that Gaudreau deserves. Okay. I know people are like bitter with him and listen, I get it. I do. But at the end of the day, you know, he earned the right to choose where he wants to go. And when we saw the numbers and the figures and just kind of like the term and whatnot, I think a lot of people were like, okay, like this is like, this is a definite, he has to say yes. Like there's no way who would turn down that much money. That's, you know, everyone's busting out their calculators and figuring out math. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, that's what, that's what y'all are for because I can't, I'm horrible at math, but I just remember being so anxious, looking at my phone all day during free agency. I, or the first day of free agency, because you knew, you knew that if it, you know, he wasn't signing in Calgary, it was more than likely going to be the first day that he decides to go elsewhere. And I remember sitting right where I'm sitting now at my desk. Gaudreau to Columbus. And I just, I felt like, like all the like blood and color like leave my face. Because I was like, what do you mean Columbus? Like they're not a good team. You were allegedly miserable while in Calgary when things were bad. Why would you want to go to Columbus and win maybe 20 games a year? But, you know, a seven-hour drive and an hour-and-a-half plane ride or whatever it is, I get it. I do. I think there were a lot of people who were nasty towards Gaudreau. I think there were a lot of people who just have never left their hometown. 
contributing to a discourse that um, doesn't really make sense unless you've truly like had to leave your hometown and figure out where to live. But Columbus, man, like that, I think that took everyone by surprise. You expected him to go to maybe Philly or New Jersey and New York, either New York's, I guess more so the Islanders since they actually had cap space, but no one had Columbus on their radar. And uh, even Gaudreau and his agent, <laughs> they didn't even have uh, Columbus on their radar until they got a call. And, you know, I think what helped push him there was Eric Goodbranson because Eric Goodbranson and uh, his wife and Gaudreau's wife, Meredith, are very good friends. And, um, yeah, I'm sure that had some influence on it as well. But that was done and over with. The discourse is still going on to this day. But nevertheless, two days go go by. And there's reports that, you know, Kachuk isn't... Uh, accepting his qualifying offer or and then he wasn't going to arbitration or something like that and then he tells Brad Tree Living that he doesn't want to stay in Calgary long term and I get it I do it is incredibly lonely living there uh, living anywhere where you don't really have friends you're an outsider uh, you don't have the opportunity to like make friends your age because you're a professional athlete and like people are weird and like whatnot but uh and being in the cold weather can really affect someone's mental health um I don't want to dive down that road because I don't want to speculate but you know you have to think about the real life factors that go into things and when you have the capability of just picking up and moving sure someone would want to live somewhere warm and not have to pay income tax and that's exactly what happened i listen it was a friday night and i was i was exhausted i was like okay like i think i'd like worked all week or it was the week after we came back from vacation so i was like i need a vacation from this vacation and my uh lovely boyfriend comes storming into the room and says, Matthew Kachuk to the Florida Panthers. And I just, like, what a way to be woken up, first of all. I'm like, am I dreaming? Is this real? Okay, I get on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, my God, Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. This is, like, the end of the world. Like, what are the Flames going to do? And then I see the return, okay? The return is Huberdo. So I see, so I see Huberdo. And I'm like, I stop reading. I'm like, great, that's fantastic. And I keep reading. It says Mackenzie Weger. And I'm like, oh my, what is going on here? And then a prospect. And I just, I just sat there in disbelief. I was like, what do you mean we're getting Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger? What do you mean? And that's what happened. The Flames got Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Hubert over Matthew Kachuk. And it was such, like, an exciting feeling. Not that, like, I, I wasn't over the trade. Because, like, obviously, like, I loved watching Matthew Kachuk play hockey. I didn't enjoy always having to defend him. But, like, 
Oh my God, Jonathan Huberto, who had the same amount of points as Johnny Gaudreau. And then you have Mackenzie Weir, who is such a fantastic defenseman. And oh my God, the Flames need defense. Wow, this is great. This is going to help Jacob Markstrom and like just spiraling. But it was such an overwhelming summer that once the season started, I think the expectations were still a little too high. And I get it, you know, you go from winning all those games and scoring all those goals <laughs> to uh, to not doing that. And it, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around. But the beautiful thing about hockey is that anything can change at the drop of a hat and you aren't forced to uh you know you're it's not set in stone if you will for the lines are not permanent and <laughs> i just i can't i cannot imagine if if that were the case and your lines and your pairings were permanent for the season that would be horrendous but you know there's an alternate universe where that may be a thing. But thankfully, that is not this one. And thank you all so much for making 2022 a fantastic year for Locked on Flames. You, the most amount of downloads we've had ever in show history. And just constant, constant love. I feel like we've grown as a community Thank you, Audie, for jumping on. Thank you to all the guests that have come on. I've had the chance to interview Rebecca Johnston of, um, you know, Team Canada, who has three gold medals and now is working with the Flames. Like, it has been one beautiful year. And I'm so grateful to have shared the highs and the lows and coming on here after crying when the Flames got eliminated. I didn't expect to cry but I did. And thank you, Nick, for coming on and coming aboard and just taking over the part of the show that I, I don't know how to do and being rational and actually wanting to have deep discussions versus just talking crap and whatnot. But thank you to all of you. Who listen to the show wherever you are. I am someone who listens to podcasts throughout my entire day. I have to have something on in the background. Otherwise, I am uh, just left alone <laughs> with some elevator music. So thank you to, to all of you. And until next time, see you later here at Lockdown Flames.